Okay, friends. Here we are. Guess what time it is? Create podcast time. I love create podcast. <laughs> and today at Create Podcast, we have two very special guests. I am so excited about our special guest today. First of all, you know and love her. She's a sexy little cupcake. Candy! Hi, guys. Candy's in the house, our very own producer, Aww. who is about to make her way to Miami. Yes. And she's going to be on the beach rocking a bikini, mm-hmm. and yep. we're all going to be here in New York <laughs> with bipolar weather that goes back and forth. It's okay, great. We'll be in Miami there. That's oh. Nice. And we have another very special guest we want to tell you about, the one and only Chris. Hey, girl. Chris Holiday. Hello. Every time we say her name, we want to say, Holiday! Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know the lyrics to anything. Um, so but we do like singing. We do like singing. Chris is a member of our community and also heads up the Create Relationship Groups and is just an awesome person who you are going to be so excited to know at the end of this podcast. She's also very attractive. Yeah. Um, and I just like to, everyone to know how attractive everyone is. <laughs> um, I just feel like it's my duty as a human being on the planet because they can't see and they don't know. They don't know. Candy and I are rocking the brunette on this side of the room. We've got Chris and and Kristen, the blonde, on the other side. It's all happening, people. I'm wearing a really big Pharrell-like hat tonight, and I'm feeling festive. I'm wearing high heel shoes that look like ballerina slippers, and I'm really excited about it. They also have this S&M edge to them with all the ties. I mean, I didn't do it. It's like ballet meets like... Whips and chains. I just, <laughs> you know, something about it I like. Um, and on that note, on that note, we are going to tell you about our create topic. Um, so this week we were teaching on something really uh, fun and interesting. We approached the topic, which is just the right size. And as artists, uh, as creators, really for everyone in the world who we've talked to and met and and spoken with about this, everyone seems to have ideas about whether they think they are the right size or not and what they value as being too big, too small, uh, too short, too big, too all the things. And it's always this conversation that we're having with ourselves and with each other to this, to that, not enough this, not enough that. And so what we wanted to do is really look at why that is and why we are putting ourselves in a position where we're constantly comparing and despairing with each other. Well, it's as if we were raised in the society with these conditioned ideas about there's something we need to do to make ourselves better, right? And part of that is a desire to fit in. So, So a lot of tall people have spent their life hunching over, making themselves smaller so they will be perceived as likable or fitting in. Mm -hmm. And some people have felt like, oh, I'm too small. I need to assert myself in Mm -hmm. order to be seen. Um, It's as if we don't trust that the package we got delivered to this world in is exactly the right size Mm -hmm. for what we came here to do, exactly the right size for our dharma. Mm -hmm. And just in the same way that we want to label and judge and have opinions about the size of our bodies, right? We also do that with the interior of our being. Mm -hmm. We do that to the qualities that we have. Uh, We do that with our talent. Mm -hmm. So just the right size is really about trusting that everything about us is that way for a reason. And it's about, can we turn the conversation around and bless creation as it Mm -hmm. was created? Because so much of the time, we are actually so distracted by the conversation of what size we are. And we talk a lot and create about if you want to change and really have change that is sustainable and that is 
conducive with what you actually want in your life, then you must make that change from the inside out, that everything is an inner game. And so often we are distracted by the outside world. And we think if we just move the pieces in the outer world, it'll bring us happiness. It'll bring us more money. It'll bring us more joy. But really all we do is move the pieces. And it's almost the feeling of we get rid of one problem and another problem just comes and fills its space. So we spend our whole life distracted by these perceived problems. And it's really just our ego's opportunity to keep us distracted from what we're actually really here to do. We're so busy on the next diet or trying to lift weights or trying to make ourselves look different or trying to make ourselves fit in or trying not to take up too much space or trying to take up more space or trying to be seen or trying to be heard when really our only job is to look inside and say, what is inside of me that wants to be expressed through me? Because whatever my specific purpose on this planet is, is only available to come through the form that I have been given. And it's almost like when we start distracting ourselves by trying to change the creation of ourselves, then we are ultimately saying that there's something wrong with the creator. That's right. It's that uh, quote, uh, when you shit on the creation, you shit on the creator, right? And so a way of honoring the divine is to honor the entirety of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Say, the part of the way that I worship the force of love in the world is I see myself as beautiful. I see myself in my goddessness or godliness. And, and we talked about this tonight, that once you are able to see that in yourself, mm-hmm. only then can you truly reflect it in another. Can you see someone else as a goddess or a god? Um, but when we've been conditioned to judge ourselves, we, that often gets projected out and we start judging other people and limiting them as too big, too small, um, important, not important. And we talked a lot about tonight about we create separateness with our judgments mm-hmm. as opposed to seeing everything as part of the whole. And when we talked about Ramdas, who <laughs> said everyone is God and drag, right? So if we can go through the world seeing God in every single person that we meet, including ourselves, and that there's a divine design for every single thing. So even inside maybe our jealousy, right? Or there's a divine design inside of, of anger inside of us, right? It is, can we welcome all parts of ourselves mm-hmm. without labeling them as good or bad? It's one of those things where part of prakriti, part of form, as yoga talks about it, is that our thoughts, our feelings, even our values and our preferences are all part of prakriti. It's all part of form. It's not actually part of our spirit and our internal world. So even our thoughts and our opinions and our judgments are a false perception. Those things have been conditioned. We have been raised in certain cultures that value a certain aesthetic, and other people have been raised in other cultures that value a totally different aesthetic. And not one is right or wrong. It's the minute we start to say whatever the conditioning is must be the truth without any kind of investigation of what's my internal truth, what do I really feel about it versus what I've been told to believe, that we live, especially in the Western culture, we live in a society that does not value aging at all. And we live in a way where we're always trying to make ourselves look like we're not aging. It's the fountain of youth mentality. In the East, it is very valued for someone to come of age. And actually, Ram Dass talks about the four stages 
stages of life. And he talks about when you're, um, you know, in your 60s plus, that is when you are the most revered. And that is when you get to actually go into your deepest self, your deepest meditation. That's almost when you get to live your dharma the most Mm -hmm. because you've gotten through all of those other phases of life where you had to work and raise families and do other things. So it's just interesting to note that we like to compare and despair, but it's always based on what we're looking at. And what we're looking at is always changing. That in this room with the four women that are here today, we could all compare and say, who's this? Who's that? Who's the tall one? Who's the short one? Who has the curliest hair? Who has the straightest hair? And you could put four different women in this room and it would be a totally different comparison. The data would be totally different. So it's entirely false for us to create an identity with changing data. Ooh. And, you know, I, I, I like to think of it in, also in terms of, we talked a little bit tonight about how Russell Simmons wrote a book called Do You? And you told me to read that last right? year. Yes. And the whole point <laughs> yes. of that is yes. the way to, to actually be the most successful, to be the most abundant, mm-hmm. is do the thing that only you can do, mm-hmm. only the way that you can do it. Mm-hmm. And when you value who you are, then the world can value it. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing is actually true of our bodies, right? It takes an internal validation to decide that we got it going on. Yeah. And then people start to reflect that back. Right. And, you know, just a part of the conversation, look at JLo, mm. who's like, my booty is where it's at. And then all of a sudden culture started to change. So she stepped into her goddess energy and said, I don't want my booty to be smaller. I want it to be the way it is. And then all of a sudden everybody started going, ooh, maybe I want that too, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like, didn't the Kardashians do that in their own way as well? Mm -hmm. And isn't that the embodiment of goddess energy? Mm -hmm. Is I say what I have is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then the world changes to reflect that. So doesn't that give us the opportunity then to say the disease of the world is the internal criticism, right? Say that again. The disease of the world is the internal criticism. So in order to be one with my goddessness or godliness, I am actually going to be the one who celebrates all things about myself. And the moment I celebrate all things about myself, then can the divine truly use all parts of ourselves for the elevation of the whole? Because the inner critic exists for the same reason the outer critic exists, which is to create separatism. A critic exists to say there are those on the stage and then there are those critiquing what's happening on stage. There are those that are in this arena and then there are those that are in this arena. There are those doing this and then there's those doing this. And the critics show up everywhere. With women, we say, well, this person's raising a child and this is how we feel about that. This woman's not doing that. This is how we feel about that. With men, there's constant um, criticism and competition. So we become the critics outwardly to the world, but then what we want deeply is for the world to show up with empathy and compassion to us and say, I see you for who you are and I value you for who Mm -hmm. you are. But we don't, we, we believe things and it is our belief that creates what we see. It is not that we see things and then um, we believe them. It is that we believe things and then we see them manifest in the outer world. So if what we are really craving is unity and collaboration and um, 
a lack of that competition. What we really want is to be seen and heard and valued and appreciated. We cannot ever expect the outer world or any room we walk into to offer us that if we are not internally offering ourselves it. And so the inner critic will continue to show up in us to reveal to us where we are being critical so that we have the opportunity to love out. We have the opportunity to look at that woman who maybe we say, well, her legs are so long and she's so beautiful and I'm feeling jealous. We have the opportunity to say, she must have her struggles too. And I'm just going to love what is, and I'm going to value what I see before me. And I'm going to value it in me the way I value it in her. Well, and also when you see a beautiful woman, whoo, that person is reflecting my beauty back to me. That (laughs) is a goddess. And because I know that like only attracts like, that I must be that beautiful. And in the same way, an exercise that can transform us is if we look at the part that we want to judge in someone mm-hmm. and instead of judging it, say, how can this be my guru? Mm-hmm. How can the thing that I want to criticize someone else for actually inform and teach me? Because when we're criticizing or judging or labeling something, we can't use it then for our own transformation. Right. And if you want to change someone else's life, revere something in them mm. and revere the thing in them that they probably get the most criticism for. Mm. Right. I have two questions you give, for you ladies. You give them the space for transformation then go. Um, you were talking about Dharma and then what you were saying that your beliefs, you believe something, then you see it. So first with Dharma, can you, for our listeners who are listening for the first time, can you give us more detail about Dharma? What is it? How does this relate to our Dharma, the size that we play in the world and how we exude ourselves in the world? What's the correlation between the two? Right. So Dharma, and Nat can talk deeply about Dharma in terms of its original term, but I like to think of it in terms of our soul's assignment, the reason we came to the planet. What is the thing that only we can do? And usually a hint to your Dharma is what you love the most, Mm -hmm. what lights you up the most, what makes you feel on fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in yoga, we talk about Dharma being your purpose or your virtue, Mm -hmm. and it is you being in alignment with the reason that you are here. And what's actually beautiful is another way to describe Dharma is that it's in harmony with the order of the universe, which means whatever you feel called to is also what the world wants for you. Mm. That it is actually in harmony with everything for you to be as big as you were born to be in this world. That if we take a stand for being as big and full and proud and open-hearted and vulnerable and unique as we were born to be, that is actually us being in alignment with harmony in the entire universe. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't create less than for someone else for us to shine as bright as we were born to it actually just creates more light in a dark world so it's a disadvantage when you don't follow your dharma to the world yeah oh yeah the world loses i mean it loses it that's the amazing martha graham quote of if you don't express what is within you that then the world never gets it Mm. because you have an expression that's unique to you and she says in that quote that i love is that our job is not to judge our expression Mm. our job is just to keep the channel open now we talked about this today If the ego uses these things to distract us, our size, and I started thinking about, have you ever been on a date and just wondering if you look fat in the skirt? (laughs) You get so so (laughs) preoccupied with what you look like that you actually can't be present for the connection. You can't be Mm -hmm. present for love, right? Mm -hmm. The ego is distracting you from being a bigger space for connection, Mm -hmm. for oneness, by making you 
focus on your separateness. And the same thing happens, like, I was just thinking about an actor walking into an audition. Mm -hmm. How many times have they thought, do I look okay in this outfit, Mm -hmm. or am I too fat or too thin or too this or too that, that they actually can't have a connection with the material and bring their talent forward, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the way our ego is always going to try to get us from being who we are, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's so afraid of our greatness if we step into our dharma. Now, instead of trying to go, okay, well, don't judge myself. I can't, I need to praise the size that I am. That will naturally happen if we just serve our dharma. Mm -hmm. So when we put our purpose first, which is actually putting our love first, the thing that we, that lights us up, the side effect of that is that love starts to grow in us and starts to take over every part of our life mm-hmm. without us even trying. Mm-hmm. Transformation, not only for ourselves, but, but for the entire planet, is the byproduct of living and following your dharma. And dharma is actually, in, in yogic terms, it's one of four aims of life. And it says that if you are living these four aims of life, then, like, you've nailed it. Like, you got this life thing, like, did it, high five, let's have a party. And um, what's beautiful is the first is kama, which is pleasure. So I love that it's like, well, first of all, you've got to be enjoying what you're doing. First of all, it has got to be fun. It has to feel good. That is the very first indicator that you are on the right or but the wrong path. doesn't tell us that. So, no, no, it doesn't. Very much so. The second thing is uh, material wealth. That when you are in alignment with your purpose, it'll be fun, it'll feel good, and it'll pay you to do it. And it'll actually pay you the most to be yourself. The more authentically you show up, the bigger your paycheck gets. So if you find that your bank account is small, the question to ask is, where am I withholding from my dharma? Exactly. So the third is your dharma, your purpose. Are you really... Every day, in every way, saying, is this in alignment with... And don't think of your purpose even as something separate from you. Just, is this in alignment with who I am? Is this in alignment with what makes me feel good? Is this in alignment with what I feel I'm here to offer? You know, and different people, that's a different experience. I love to smile at my baristas and make conversation. That feels in alignment with Dharma to me. To someone else... Being more quiet and still and observing is going to be in alignment with theirs. To someone else, not even going out for a coffee is in alignment with theirs. So everybody's different, but what is that calling in you? And the last one is moksha, which is liberation of freedom. That in anything you do, it must feel liberating. It must Mm. feel like it is setting you free. It must feel like it is giving you wings. And Mm. if it doesn't, then it is not your dharma. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen... So for, for, for those of us who were in a time where we weren't living our dharma, how do we start walking in that path? What, what steps or what questions should we ask? Because questions lead to the answers and we want the right answers in mm-hmm. life to show us our desires. Mm-hmm. So how can we get there? What are some steps? Or Well, a real easy question to start with is what lights me up? What makes me feel good? Where do I lose time? Where do I have talent? So if you start making a list of what lights you up, what feels good, where you have talent, and then if you have the list of like what you love, what you love doing, then what do I care about? What are the causes on the planet, the things going on in this world that I care about? Now, Dharma happens when you take what you love and make it a benefit to what you care about on the planet, right? So if you have a list of like, this is where I really want to like 
affect change on the planet. This is what I love. We use what we love to affect change on the planet. And so there is our dharma. Now, another shortcut is most people, if you just say, tell me about a day in your life, Mm. you living as your highest self Mm. on the planet, your ideal life as your highest self, Mm. they'll be able to tell you pretty clearly what that vision is. Mm. That vision is our dharma. And ultimately, one really great thing to go to your journal with is, what are all the reasons I think I don't deserve that? What are all the reasons I think I can't make money feeling good? What are all the reasons I think I can't make money doing art? What are all the reasons I think I can't have that much sex? What are all the reasons I think I could never afford that outfit? What are all the reasons I think, well, it's easier for other people than me? What are all the reasons of me saying, well, I've always believed hard work gets ahead. I don't believe pleasure could get me ahead. And sometimes even just identifying what those limiting beliefs are, we start to say, Ew, (laughs) like that's what I'm living and that's what's showing up. It's showing up in my bank account. It's showing up in my relationships. It's showing up in my closet. It's showing up in my email inbox. Everywhere I look, these limiting beliefs are showing up. And it's almost like as soon as we allow ourselves to see ourselves as separate from those beliefs and we see how not us those beliefs are, it can give us the impetus to say, okay, if not that, then what? Mm. If that's not who I am, what now is possible? If I've already ruled out, okay, it's definitely not, you know, I've got this whole um, um, box of crayons and I've ruled out it's not blue and it's not green and it's not white and it's not brown. Okay, what other colors are here? And now I'm, I can see those uh, rejections as redirections to actually take me closer to who I'm actually supposed to be. That actually goes back to what I was going to ask you earlier. So what I believe is then what I see. Mm-hmm. That's what tricky, you mentioned. Tricky, tricky. Sounds so tricky. Tricky, tricky. Because how does that happen? Think, am, I, am I believing that I'm going to have a bad interaction with you and then that shows? Or is it, what is it in me that's attracting this interaction? Just to get deeper with the thought. Well, I think often what it is is we want things and then we question why we don't manifest what we want. Mm-hmm. And we don't manifest what we want because we actually manifest what we believe we deserve. So I might want a million dollar home, but I might think I don't deserve to make that money just yet. I might have to get to a certain age before I can, or certain conditions might have to apply for me to get to that place. And jumping off of that, I actually think, I love this phrase, having is evidence of wanting. Mm. So that on a deeper level, hidden in your subconscious, you actually want somewhere within you what you have. Mm-hmm. You're getting a payoff somewhere Ooh, within you. For what you already have. Mm-hmm. For what you have, even if it's bringing you pain and harm, right? So part of the job then, <laughs> when you go real deep, right, <laughs> is like what inside of me actually is getting off on this We're thing all, that I'm keeping in my life. on Chris's face. <laughs> like, that is like, powerful. This, is, this comes from this woman named Carolyn Elliott that I'm in love with. And she's, she, talk, she calls it existential kink, mm-hmm. which is, right? So kink in the bedroom, right? <laughs> is like when you get off on something that hurts you, mm-hmm. right? She says we have kink in our existential selves. Mm-hmm. So if you've spent your life 
criticizing yourself for not being the right size, it's because part of you gets off on that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right? Well, isn't it a great way out? You don't have to live your dreams. You don't have to have all the big problems that all the people that don't have that issue have. Like, you get to stay small. You get to be less responsible. And you get a perfect (laughs) excuse for everyone to say, oh, poor you. You tried so hard and it just never worked out for you. So she says to try then to, in order to really transform it, start loving it. So if you're poor, love your poverty, right? And if you are feeling overweight, love your juiciness, right? But love it in such a deep way that you're no longer hiding why you've created this from yourself. Mm. And then when you fully love it and fully allow it, then it can actually, that energy can really move. Because the form is so easily changed, even from an anatomical place. Um, it's like our core doesn't move as much or as fast as our limbs do. Things on the peripheral move faster, right? So if we think about what's deep inside of us, what's deep inside of us, we can make the tiniest little adjustment and it creates the hugest ripple in the outer world. Just in the same way, you know, in a workout, if you really engage your core, all of a sudden you can do different things. You can lift arms, you can move legs, you can do so many things, which is that small internal adjustment. So sometimes we look at the mountain and we think, well, I have such a, you know, I can't dare climb this mountain of all the negative thoughts I've had for so long and so many years. But what we don't realize is it's one thought away. It's one internal shift away. And you just do it until it becomes more of a habit than the old one was. So me, for example, if you don't follow your dharma because you say, I'm just not talented enough to do this. I'm not talented enough to be a writer. A part of me is getting off on that. Mm -hmm. And then I have the pity party because Mm -hmm. I'm, that's just an example, Mm -hmm. because I'm not doing what I want to do. So I get to stay here in this place of not doing it. I can't do it. Mm. Right. And to transform that, it's just one thought away. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't it so easy to be the person who wants to write something as opposed to the person that spends the hours and the edits and the rewrites (laughs) and the sharing and the rewrites again? And the being being vulnerable of putting their soul on paper, right? Wow. Because seen, being heard. Loving their vulnerability, loving their expression, the way the expression comes out. Yes. As as pieces of the the bigger puzzle. It is so much easier to say I want to do I want to do I want to do we all want to do you know I want to be Madonna (laughs) we all want to be a lot of things and it's a beautiful thing but what is in alignment with Dharma is not sitting on the sidelines because if we were meant to sit on the sidelines there would have been no reason to incarnate here yeah we could sit on the sidelines sitting on a cloud drinking our mojitos all day Mm. long (laughs) and the, the something that I, I've been so excited about since we did the Turning Pro, you know, uh, class and the podcast is the idea of the only difference between someone who doesn't do their dharma and someone who does is their habits, mm. right? So can we start to create instead of like making it this big huge thing that we have to you know jump off into? Can we just take a little bit more? Um, consciousness around creating a little tiny baby habit that's in alignment with our dharma right Mm -hmm. so if yours was say to write Mm -hmm. just creating that little like that's why i'm always like just 15 minutes right or if you're you feel like your dharma is being called to um i don't know you you want to uh fall in love or you know to, to have a partnership creating habits that support 
being inside of partnership Mm -hmm. that we don't have to like jump over the mountain just every day creating little tiny habits that are in alignment with that. So it's almost like if you do have a highest vision of your best self and you can see how that person lives their day, how do you create little habits that's in support of that individual? And what yoga speaks to about that is uh, the process called vinyasa krama. And what that basically means is most of us decide we want to change and then it's like we're doing all the things right away as much as possible you know it's like the new year's resolution diet and then all of a sudden everyone's at the gym and everyone's eating green juices and and it's not sustainable so come march all the same people are at the gym and all the newbies have gone away and and everyone's back on their diet because it's not sustainable so what vinyasa krama says is you take one step you do it for a while, you sustain it, then you take the next. And then you take that step, and then you sustain it, and then you do the next. And so it's a staircase, not sort of a rocket ship leading you to where you want to get. But what um, yoga says is that all the people that try to get on the rocket ship end up on the ground, and all the people that take the stairs, it's like, oh, which wins the race, the tortoise of the hare. The tortoise yeah. wins the race, and it's sustainable, and it's not shocking to your system when you just say, now I'm showing up for this piece of the puzzle. Now I'm showing up for this piece because most of us decide to opt out of showing up for our dharma because it feels too overwhelming. And we think we have to do it all and we have to do it all now and we have to do it all perfectly. And the idea that we can't do it perfectly and that we would fail the thing that means the most to us and the thing that we're here for is so painful that we would rather say, well, I tried and it didn't work out knowing we didn't really try. So instead, can we just take one step, one staircase, one little moment, one decision, one thought, one moment, one pound, one decision at a time, and know that every step towards our dream is a dance with our dream. You mentioned we. Can you ladies touch up, uh, touch upon a little bit before we wrap up community? How important is community when we're following our dharma? I know for me, I mean, having you guys has transformed my life. So for our listeners who maybe they're not in New York or they're out of town or how important is it to have sisters or brothers in community to support your dharma and say, okay, I'll push you up the first step. Well, mm. I'd actually like to take this question and turn it over to Chris Holiday over mm. here who hasn't said much. <laughs> who is, you guys are saying it all. So who is in our community yes. and um, asked her how she has felt community help her in the path of her dharma. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have changed my life so much in the last year and a half almost since I started Create. Um, just, it's, it's, it's like what you were talking about with the stair steps, Natalie. It's like step by step. It's all very, it's not mystical. It's, it's very practical. And when you start to see it as not this airy, very magic thing, but actually practical steps that I can take. And oh, by the way, Candy over here can help me with my steps. And, mm-hmm. and I, I start to get the courage to reach out. I start to have the, like the, what, what do you think, Kristen? You know, like, <laughs> do you like my little baby here? <laughs> you know? And um, it, it just, it sort of, it takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's a whole lot more fun. Mm. You know, I've been saying to Kristen for a while, we we really just need to like all live in a commune. <laughs> <laughs> commune living. Commune living. Because I we all can help make our dreams come true. Candy tonight, like somebody like added to your dream just because you were here. And right. I don't know, I just I'm watching it not only in my own life, but I'm watching it in the lives of 
you know, all my beloved, beloved create friends. And I'm, I don't know, that's, that's a long answer to your question. Well, but. I think it's also when we can all share that we have the same fears and insecurities mm. and vulnerabilities going towards our dharma. And then, so Natalie Roy looks to me and she says, I have fear about teaching. Then I can be like, um, have you heard you, yourself talk? <laughs> have you heard what you say out loud in your mouth? Because that's some good shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? When I can Absolutely. reflect that to her mm-hmm. and then be like, well, if she has fear about that and she's obviously baller at it, then like, what am I baller at mm-hmm. that I actually am afraid I'm not talented at, right? right? Yeah. So by seeing other people be, walk through their fears, um, it gives us courage to walk through ours. What we start to learn is that our fears are illusions. Right. And to touch on that, because you guys decided to follow your dharma. I mean, mm-hmm. in a year, every week we come here and people's dreams are coming true. It's like a regular occurrence coming mm-hmm. here. And it's not just... Oh, we just so happen to be together. You ladies decided, okay, we're going to teach on this and we're going to commit to this and come here every week and help artists. And you really have exceeded, I'm sure, any expectation that you thought in the moment of let's follow this. And miracles have happened because you guys decided to follow your dharma. Well, I think as well, we took those four steps um, really to heart and we just didn't worry about where this staircase was leading. It was like, do we have the most fun together? Yes. Do we like getting dressed up in cute outfits together? Yes. yes. <laughs> do we love talking about spirituality together? Yes. yes. Are we both artists? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, let's just do what we love that we're doing with each other. Let's just do it with more friends. And ultimately what started with six people in a room together has now grown into this beautiful community. But it's almost as if if my higher self had shown me the vision of today, then I would have not done it. I would have been like, too much. I'm scared. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how we're going to get there. I, that seems like a crazy schedule. I can't keep up with that. Kristen's a big deal. I'm not teaching with her. I would have been so full of resistance had I even seen where it's gone and where it's still going. And your impact. So what we need to always remind ourselves is that we need to show up for our dharma with as much of ourselves as we can, knowing that our dharma is so much bigger than we could ever know, Mm. and that is the way it is designed. And so it's this beautiful present. It's really like every day is Christmas Day, and we unwrap a new present, and our dharma keeps opening itself to us and expanding and showing us that, oh, baby, you thought that your dharma was just this one city? Now it's three cities. Oh, you thought it was just this one show? Oh, now it's four other ones. You you thought it was just this one person? Oh, look who I have for you. (laughs) And I almost think like a hint to what our dharma is, is what... What would make you so excited and so happy that you would jump out of bed and go, I get to do this today? That's when you know That's it. your dharma. That's it. You know? Um, and on that note, on that note, my friends, I think we get to all go get snuggly in our own beds tonight. Yes. That's my dharma. My dharma! <laughs> I can't wait! And we hope for all of you guys listening, um, 
please give Candy a little shout out if you're on our Create Community Facebook page, if you're on our Twitter and Instagram at the Create Play Group. Um, Candy's going to continue being with us as our producer uh, from Miami. Sunshine State. Sunshine State. Next week we go out to L.A. So if you are in Los Angeles, come see us on Oscar Sunday from 3 to 5. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. Yeah. Where where are we at on uh, Sunday? No idea. Me neither. Well, it's on a a website somewhere. We'll let you know. We're going to post it in the Create community. And thank you, Chris, for hanging out with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. So much fun. So much fun. I loved having this powwow. It's such a fun powwow. And um, so you can check us out at thecreateseries.com. And we've got some new videos dropping very soon and lots of things we're excited to tell you about. And we love you. And it is our deepest hope that wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, You can take a moment and get still and just answer whatever call is in your heart right now. Even if that call just says, walk to this side of the street now. Whatever that calling is, just commit to saying yes and see what happens as you dance with your dharma. Knowing that you were made exactly perfectly for what you came here to do. Just the right size. Just the right size. All right, bye. Bye. Holiday. If you want to know about the Create Workshop Series, you can go to www.thecreateseries.com. And if you want to know more about us, you can go to kristenhenge.com or natalieroy.com. And if you want to come to Create, you can go to the Actors Green Room in New York City. Um, and it is Sunday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And their website is www.theactorsgreenroom.com. And you can buy Create On Demand if you don't live in New York City. Woo!